Hello, welcome to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Tyler Meir. Uh, how are you today, Tyler? I'm doing great. Ah, pleasure to have you. Um, so, I mean, normally where I start with the questions is kind of like your your backstory, how you got into um, writing soundtracks, music in general, and then obviously another thing with yourself is the uh, multiplayer big band, how that kind of came around. But yeah, just, just your journey through music. Well, when I was born, uh, uh, at 10 years old, I was given the Excalibur, and I was tasked with defeating the Dark Lord. <laughs> and uh, when I did that, he handed me a trumpet and said, that is your curse to play this for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, no, in all sincerity, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I started uh, my musical, where I started music was playing trumpet in, I believe, uh, fifth grade in the United States. I think I was about 10 or 11. I had a friend or two a grade above me, and they both played trumpet. And I grew up in Louisiana, southern uh, United States, uh, in the kind of the Cajun part of the con- uh, part of the state. And there's a lot of like Mardi Gras celebrations and stuff like that. And so I'd heard trumpet a lot in like street parades, and um, and my friends played it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna play trumpet. And uh, once I picked it up, I sort of really loved it, and immediately started wanting to write music. I don't know what it was, but there was something about how music was put together that really interested me, so I uh, I just started trying, and I've never stopped. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So I mean, like um, from from that early thing of like learning trumpet, how did that progress into um, like working in game soundtracks and obviously doing the covers and the big band covers? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. Like, there's like, you know, they say like. That, that that those years of your life maybe like 11 to 15 are so like important and like everything that made me who i am sort of came together at the time i started playing trumpet you know i grew up in louisiana so i was hearing street music uh jazz um and i was playing jrpgs the first one i ever played i can't remember if it was either final fantasy 7 or final fantasy mystic quest but i had a neighbor who was about 10 years older than me and he had a super nintendo and a ps1 and I remember seeing him play Final Fantasy VI, and just seeing it as a kid, I said, I don't know what that is, but I gotta play that. That looks so cool. Like, I was immediately captivated, and then I played FF7, and I just sort of fell in love with JRPGs, and by extension, the music. So in fifth grade, like, when I started playing trumpet, I, I remember, like, sitting in band class, and, like, we'd all play the same music because we were beginners, and so, like, I was just like piecing little things together. I didn't even know what I was piecing together, but I I noticed that like we all played the same note, but the notes were written in different parts of the staff. Like I'd sit next to the saxophones. So like I was like learning how to transpose and I didn't even know it at the time. And then I remember like asking my band director, I said like, can we like play the music, but like this time just have these instruments play and then take these people out and then put them back in. I was like really interested in like how, uh, that all came together like what will it sound like if we take the clarinets out but then add them back in like well, how does the sound change so it's just really fascinated by like so between like loving band and wanting to write music and playing jrpgs and being around like a really important area for jazz in the united states just all sort of like blended together i remember i got this radio shack keyboard maybe in sixth grade i still have it in my closet it doesn't work anymore but i will never give it away and I was able to hook it up into my computer through a MIDI cable. And that's sort of where it started. I had this MIDI tracker. I don't remember what it was called. But it, I actually, this was pre the keyboard because I actually used my computer keyboard to make the notes. <laughs> nice. So like the top row of letters were the white keys and the numbers were the black keys. And I would just like hit record and attempt to play it. And that's how I started writing quote unquote game music. And then, uh, then one thing led to another and I found RPG Maker. And that was it. Like, I was like the collision of everything. It's like, once I found RPG Maker and there were like people like making games and writing music, I was like, okay, I got to do this. And then, you know, that's sort of where it started. You know, fast forward several years later, I'm at uh, university and studying jazz arranging. Sort of with that dream of one day being a game composer, but kind of put off to the side because I was really focused on like being a really good trumpet player. And, you know, I've had a career as a performer and um, an arranger. But that dream of like, writing game music was always there and it wasn't but i'm 35 and when i was younger in college i don't remember like it being a thing that a lot of people my age really 
did this. You know, I always thought I want to be a game composer, but no one I knew my age did it. I didn't even know how to get into it. So I just was like, I'm at a really good school for jazz. I'm going to get I got really good at trumpet and I had a career as a player still do. But in 2013, I sort of reconnected with um, some old folks I knew from the RPG maker community. And we started working on a game. And that's when like, OK, I'm going to start trying to get in the game audio. So basically from 2013 to now has been my journey in game audio. And I'm sorry, this is like a completely uh, un, uh, un, uh, unintelligible timeline. <laughs> That's fine. But it's sort of a lot of random uh, beats and bloops that have come together to form this uh, chaotic timeline of mine. But yeah, that's the long and short of it. Basically, all these influences, 2013, reconnecting, starting on the first project, which was Shadows of Adam, a game that we released in 2017, and then to today. Cool. So, I mean, that was kind of the next question I had, like, with um, the first game you worked on, um, was that Shadows of Adam? Because obviously that's... When was that eventually released? Yeah, so in 2013, we started the project, and it was released in, I think, uh, February of 2017 on Steam. Yeah, so five years ago, almost six years ago, actually. Yeah. But I had, you know, I, being part of the RPG Maker community and having, like, that Radio Shack keyboard, you know, I remember making really terrible RPG Maker games. That was 15, 16. And just writing the midis for it and loving it. Like, it was so fun. I had this really terrible game that never saw the light of day where I wrote all the music for it as, like, a 15-year-old. And the music was probably terrible. Um, I have it somewhere. And that's kind of how I cut my teeth. And I was just trying to write music that sounded like the music of games I love, which were JRPGs. And I think that's honestly a great way to learn as an art. Like they talk in jazz all the time. Like when you learn jazz, it's like you find the people who you really love their playing and you just try to like figure out what they're doing and try to sound like them. And eventually all these like influences come together and they come out in a unique way that only you can do. So that's kind of what I did. I was like, I want to try to sound like Nobuo Umatsu and Yasunori Mitsuda. And that was it. And then I just tried to sound like it. I didn't know quite how I would do it, but um, yeah, so, but yeah, Shadows of Adam was the first commercial game that I made that actually, like, people bought and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so, obviously, Shadows of Adam is, um, is, like, kind of a 16, 16-bit style turn-based RPG. I, like, when I was um, watching videos of the gameplay and stuff, it, it kind of going back to what you had said originally, it just gives me, like, big Final Fantasy VI vibes. I mean, was that kind of a big influence on that and in terms of the game itself, but also, like, the soundtrack? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the SNES era, for sure, um, was big influence on the game design and, yeah, soundtrack. I mean, the two big composers that really influenced me, as I mentioned earlier, were, in the, in this space at least, were Nobuo Uematsu and Yasunori Mitsuda, which are kind of like almost cliche answers at this point. But I really do think that their music is very good and it's really held up and it's been extremely influential to me and uh, Uematsu's music in the sense that like all his melodies are incredibly singable he's got like what what my friend Chris Guin says uh, muscular melodies and I love that about his music and and I thought that was something I always wanted to do my friend um, Pat Hallman calls it the whistle test like can someone hear your music once and whistle it the melody i mean not all music has to do that but that's that's definitely a goal of mine and a lot of the stuff and then yasunori mitsuda would just write sort of like this really um impressionistic non-functional harmony which at the time i didn't even under have any kind of music theory context for it i just liked what i heard and i remember being like in jazz arranging classes and learning like new chords and i was like wait this is chrono trigger (laughs) and like and it was like, oh my god, now I can write that thing in Chrono Trigger. Like it was like the like the universe blowing open. Like I had it in my ear, I just couldn't get it in my fingers yet. And I'm just sitting in jazz arranging or jazz piano class, like, oh, that's that's that. And now like, okay, now I can do that. And so like, uh, it's funny how all that stuff comes full circle. And and since then, I've obviously played a lot of different stuff, um, and have a lot of different composer influences, but. I've, in game space those were probably the two big ones so yeah and shadows of adam those were the two big ones at least compositionally production wise i had no idea what i was doing so you know i made every mistake you could possibly make <laughs> and i mean with that with that soundtrack was that um predominantly like uh sequenced and samples or was there much in the way of like real instrumentation on it 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, with Shadows of Adam, like I mentioned, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I didn't have a DAW until I was like 26, 25. Because I had just come from notation software and writing charts for live instruments and such. So I remember it was 2013 when I reconnected with the team and we're going to make this game. I said, okay, I'll do the music. So I bought a laptop because I was about to go on the road for a couple months with this band. So I bought a laptop. I bought a Mac because it was just like available. And I go, okay, what what like DAWs are on Macs? And Logic was the one. So I bought Logic and I just committed to learning it. But as far as what sounds I used, it was just a combination of like I found this free sound font, which is kind of like almost an archaic. Like you don't really, people don't really use that as much. I, I don't even know what it was from if it's from a specific game or someone just made it, but it just like had all the general MIDI sounds that I was used to from my Radio Shack keyboard. And I used that with like some like stock logic stuff. And that's pretty much it. You know, in one way, the sounds aren't like super high tech, but the, the soundtrack's remarkably consistent because I use pretty much that collection of sounds. Um, there's no lot. I think there's like one live guitar solo in, in a DLC track, but I really wasn't doing that at that time because one, I just didn't think to do it. And two, I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, that wasn't until much later when I started realizing there was a lot of potential of sort of that hybrid approach. But yeah, like I didn't know what I was doing. It was sort of this fun journey, like sitting on the tour bus, you know, just trying to write music on the keyboard and figuring out like I remember like a year into it. I was sitting on the bus showing, you know, one of the tracks to the saxophone player. He's listening to the mix. He goes, that sounds pretty good. He's like, like, why is your bass pan like hard right? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you should pan your bass center. I was like, oh, is that a thing? He's like, yeah. It's like 26 years old. That's why when I see all these like Zoomers that are just like so ahead of me, I'm like, man, like they're real inspiring. Like, I wish I knew what they knew at their age. So when I was 18, I was just like, I want to be a really good Trump player. You know, jazz, yeah, sharp nine, uh, uh, sharp nine, sharp five. I got that. Like, that was what I knew, but I didn't know shit about this stuff. <laughs> so I made every mistake possible. It's crazy. I mean, like, obviously, if you've not been, you know, been around like that sort of like sequencing, recording, and that sort of thing, that's not it. But it's you kind of have to learn by like you know learn by doing it and making those mistakes and having those conversations whereas you know the going to um learning about like obviously jazz composition and stuff like that's something that not everyone has and it's not like the easiest thing to pick up well from my perspective anyway because i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) and so following like shadows of adam what was the next uh project you you worked on Right, so let's see. So Shazvan was pretty much, for for a good many years, like maybe t- until 2016 or so, was the only real project I was working on. I, I wasn't really on any social media. I didn't know anyone in the game audio community. Like I, I like to say I was like swimming on an island of ignorance. <laughs> if I had sort of had found a community, they probably could have helped me with these production problems too. But I just sort of like did my thing. I was in Nashville at the time. I was just kind of playing for a living and doing this game development on the side and writing music. And it was a lot of fun. Maybe about 2016, I started connecting with an old friend, another old friend of mine from uh, the RPG Maker scene, this guy, Zach Parrish, who did the music for Valdis Story, who's one of the most underrated indie composers ever. Like his music's incredible, but unfortunately I don't see many people talk about. He's, He's not super active on social media. He's a little bit of a hermit. He lives like in East Tennessee. Um, anyway, uh, he's a great composer. But we reconnected, and he got me a gig running for a um, like a visual novel. He had he had worked with this developer a lot, um, but he does like a game for him a year every year. But he was like he couldn't do it, so he subcontracted it out to me. And it was just like, hey, right, you know, we need ten tracks in two weeks <laughs> and it pays this flat rate it was you know it was a decent chunk of change so i said yeah sure i'll do it and i used that uh gig to buy a lot of new stuff so at the time i was just using that sound font and the logic stock stuff and and zach really mentored me he said i said okay i need a good uh, like upright bass like okay buy this but i need a i need good strings buy, buy this so like he really helped guide me and help me and when I was writing the tunes, I would send it to him and he would like check the mix and check the production and give me feedback before he submitted it to the client. (laughs) And so I really owe a lot to Zach. And so that was like a time where I really started, um, 
it's like okay maybe i could do this like i feel like the, the writing music part isn't as hard because i've been doing that it's just the production and getting used to dawes and that helped me a lot and then about that same time i started working on a project called numetry which i still work on because the game is sort of like an endless production game uh, it's an educational game uh, for teaching like middle schoolers math and uh, the game is set in space so it's like math puzzles in space which is like a cool cool sort of thing and i've probably done about 70 tracks for that game since 2017 2016 and that's been sort of one of my regular gigs um and since then it's just been sort of like my connections with my studio something classic we have been hired a lot to write to develop other people's rpg so like i call us like the we're like the team that you know 30 something midlife crisis people come to <laughs> when they have money and they, they're like i want to make a jrpg like chrono trigger can you help me and we'll be like yeah so like something classic in-house has a composer you know, a level designer, a games designer, writer, an art director, pro programmers, and we know lots of great artists and other people. So we've been able to, like, that's how we got, that's how I got the gig with My Familiar, which is the game I'm working on right now. And uh, another game I can't talk about, unfortunately. But um, so that's sort of been it. And just like random here, things here or there, freelancing. But that's been basically it. I've sort of just found a niche is doing mostly japanese style rpgs and uh that's what i really enjoy doing too i think yeah cool i mean like um was it numetry the, the how it's pronounced the game numetry yeah. yeah i was like because obviously you've got the um a couple of the tracks on your website um and on your soundcloud i think it is and then I was trying to find some information about out about the game, and I don't, is it is it Nordic? Is like yeah, it's Nordic. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I was just kind of like, I, I, I yeah. even Google Translate's not helping me here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so. I've always had a middleman that's sort of re- been the liaison for that. I mean, obviously the development team speaks English, but um, yeah, they're based in Norway, and uh, as far as I know, they've they've been pretty successful, like with the um, educational establishment out in Norway. So like, I think they have like government support and um, they've able to like get this game in a lot of classrooms in part of like, they've got like teachers like helping like form the, what the games are and what they teach and what the curriculum would be. So it's pretty cool. But like I said, like they'll have a launch and then they'll come back and they'll say, okay, we're making 10 new mini games and they want bespoke music for every new mini game. (laughs) But it's some variation of X planet, math puzzle so it's like uh ice planet with long division <laughs> uh you know gas planet with um uh multiplication or something and so it's like okay uh, and then sometimes what's even more fun is they'll have a whole set of games on the same planet so like okay i remember one one group of songs was like i had to write six water planet tunes and i was like this is actually kind of fun because like usually when you write the water planet, there's like all these sort of things that go into that. But if I'm going to write six and they all have to kind of have their own thing, then you really look for the nuance between, okay, this is a water planet, but this is more like a slow moving wave. This one's more like you're submerged deep within the ocean and you like, and the sounds all muffled and it's more ambient and slow move. You know, like there's like little nuances that, that, that make the, the job interesting for me. But, um, yeah (laughs) that's a fun that's a fun gig actually i'm really grateful for that gig because it's been keeping me employed for about four years and i enjoy the music on that on that game and i guess as well the other thing is it's kind of saying predominantly what you work on this jrpg style game so Mm -hmm. that's a bit like a bit different and kind of a different state (laughs) of you know i'm not sure what age group it's kind of aimed at but like kids educational games is probably a bit more lighter than some of the very heavy themes that you you know get in jrpgs yeah 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 for sure it's like yeah aim for like middle schoolers so like i guess like maybe 10 to 12 to 13 something like that and yeah like where jrpgs have like really muscular melodies and like a very commanding of the audience's ear it's like what it's like the genre in my opinion that really like can like be the most like um inviting for composers because you really get to just sort of be bold but in numetry the music has a very utilitarian purpose which is to sort of create a space for the player to sort of be immersed and contemplative in the puzzle so it's it's actually i remember like years ago if you had asked me like writing ambient music like i don't 
FM music. But like, there's an art to it, and I've found a lot of appreciation for the craft of writing it. Like, how do you write ambient music that simultaneously doesn't break immersion, but is still interesting and isn't too repetitive, but not not repetitive enough? You know, so it's like it's this weird sweet spot, and the melodies are subtle. It can't be like bold and like really grabbing your ear because you want people to stay focused in the fiction of the game. So I enjoy the challenge. Yeah, it's way different. And I've come to really appreciate it. And actually, in that game, of any of them, I think, that's the game where I really get to do more lush harmonies because the slower-moving nature of ambient music, I think the audience's ear can appreciate more denser music, denser harmony just because it moves so slowly and it sits so still that I think it sort of creates this really colorful ambient bed. And um, I enjoy that aspect of new material a lot. That's cool. I, mean, it's, I guess it's kind of quite different from you know your upbringing music wise and sort of like education you've had trying to always having to relearn a different way of writing music yeah for sure cool and so talk a little bit about the um multiplayer big band obviously you i say recently the last few months you had their um, searching for friends which is a big band cover of songs uh, a couple of tracks six songs from final fantasy six yeah it sounds yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like well, how, how did that idea just in general come about is it just you know the sort of music you loved growing up and the you know kind of a mash of those two passions yeah it's sort of like the collision of all these axes of inspirations but i mean um sounds somewhat pretentious but like my quote-unquote training is in jazz arranging so when i got out of school in 2012 you know i i made three over the course of six years or so i made three big band records under my own name tyler Beer big band all original music i had a band in nashville we played a lot of live shows and that was a lot of fun i learned a lot about arranging and band leading and being in the studio and in my mind uh, I always wanted to do something with game music, but like at the time that the YouTube scene, it hadn't really blown up like that. And I kind of like, I'm pinching myself. Like if I had just had the vision instead of like in 2013, making that first Tyler big band album, if I had just done the multiplayer band, like what could have been maybe, but, uh, I had to do those albums to get where I am today. But, um, I was in a, my last year of graduate school, I was in an ensemble and it covered all video game music, but done in a jazz style. And, um, I did two arrangements for the group, which ended up I reworked for the first album, Critical Hits, that I released last year. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I when I was working on um, my familiar, uh, Preston, the developer, he was a big fan of getting live instruments. So we had a like a lot of live saxophone solos, a lot of live trumpet solos, and each track would kind of get a little bigger. He'd be like, "Okay, for this next one, how about we get like five horns." okay and then and then like finally it was like hey why don't we do a big band like you you, you can do big bands like oh yeah okay like can you record a big band for the main theme i was like yeah i think so and so i called a bunch of people you know got contracted to musicians and then i just produced a remote session i didn't really know how to do it <laughs> but i said i think i can do this because i've done enough like like every project would be like this is just like uh, synths and one sax then it was like sax and trumpet and then sax trumpet bone and berry sax or something and like and guitar and so the big band was like the next big thing and so we did that track and after we did i was like you know i should like now that i know how to do this like why can't i just do this with other big band stuff and so i actually had this arrangement of uh chrono trigger's uh secret of the forest which i had done about like in I don't know, 2018, something like that, when I was in the D.C. military big band um, for four years. And we played it live a couple times. And I was like, why don't I just get this remotely recorded? Like, I could do that. So I recorded it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I was in that group in 2012. Like, let me, like, get those charts. And then I rewrote them for a big band and got those recorded. And then I made a whole album, which was Critical Hits. And then I was like, this is kind of cool. And I also wanted to learn how to video edit. So that was the excuse to learn that and then with the final fantasy 6 album i don't know i just i get antsy when i have free time so i'm like a full-time <laughs> student right now and, and summer was looking like a little slower you know i had freelance work and, but i was like i should write a whole ff6 album i don't know why i decided to do it i just love the music and so that summer i just wrote and produced the whole album and uh yeah just sort of like a collision of my interests jrpgs and jazz lots of j's <laughs> um <laughs> and so yeah that's basically how that worked and uh I, I, 
I learn a lot when I do that because uh, I mean, there's just so much to talk about with that. I don't want to bore you in the details, but I, it helps me with production, helps me becoming a more an arranger. I, I actually had most of my working career, I've been mostly a composer. Arranging is like a different thing. And I never felt that I was the strongest arranger. So doing this project's helped me really work on that craft. And taking music that people love so much and are so familiar with the melodies, it's really fun to like, how can you sort of transform it in a way that honors the music without without like destroying what it is, but still like presenting it in a fresh new way. And almost like when you arrange, I feel like more than when you write original music, because the audience has a frame of reference, they can stand that frame of reference to sort of compare and see your creativity. Because they could be like, oh, I love Celis's theme. Oh, that's so cool how he did that with Celis's theme. Rather, if I just wrote a jazz ballad, they'd be like, oh, that's a nice ballad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really appreciate that part of it. So what was, um, it's like with those sorts of like obviously critical hits, I think what, um, say for example, the main theme from Zelda, what would have been sort of your process like in terms of their arranging it? Would you, you know, come up kind of like go, oh, I want, x y and z instruments in this kind of do a a sequence of mock-up or did you mm. would you just do it like um you know notation or do a sequence of mock-up send the various parts out to people they record the parts and then it all kind of comes back together or yeah that's a great question i'll try to keep this brief without getting <laughs> super in the weeds but yeah so basically my process for doing these is yeah the first thing is i just i just set the idea in my head Obviously, I know the instrumentation because big band is pretty much a fixed instrumentation. Yeah. Occasionally, you might add, you might have some woodwind doubles or strings or an extra trumpet or whatever. But for the most part, it's what it is. So that takes care of that. With the Zelda thing, it was just, I was like, I want to arrange the Legend of Zelda main theme. I think it's an iconic theme. And I thought to myself, how what how best could I set it? And I realized, okay, I'm just going to do it as a fast, bassy, count bassy swing. Okay, got it. That's the concept. And then, you know, sketch it on the piano, get the lead sheet, get the how I'm going to use, like, figure out what I want to use for the chord changes. And then, then, yeah, I write it in notation software, get all the parts done, and when the chart's done there, I basically move the MIDI on to Logic, and I sequence it. Like, I have a template, all my things are set up, and I just try to sequence it best I can. I'm Obviously, you know, we'll never sound as great as the real big band, but, you know, you could do some stuff, get the inflections, get the articulations, work. I can get the rhythm section sounding decent, and then from there on, I, I usually like to just, since I am play lead trumpet, I'll just record the lead trumpet part because in big band, that's sort of like the hierarchy of the horns. The lead trumpet is the the horn that everyone listens to for style and intonation and, and et cetera. So I'll do lead trumpet and then usually drums next. And then from there, I'll get lead alto, which is like the, lead, the highest hierarchy of the saxophones, and then lead trombone. They're playing with my part and the drums. And then after I get all four of those parts, I can start filling out all the rest. So it's a combination of people playing along with the mock-up, playing along with the lead players and drummers, and then putting it together. Um, you know, you lose something doing it remotely because what really makes jazz thrive, in my opinion, is that sort of live energy, uh, the interaction, improvisation, um, even just like a section of four trumpets playing in the same room. You kind of like feed off each other's energy overtones bleeding into each other's mics but i think this way gets the the best uh, kind of approximation and so that's kind of the method i found I've, I've worked on some others where like they'll just have everyone record at the same time or like whenever you want and i don't care for that i always want the lead part first because it's so important in my opinion to have a cohesive ensemble for the lead voice to be recorded so that the people in the section have something to follow and match yeah does that really um because that's like if like I made a living playing second and third trumpet, <laughs> and uh, you know your job as an, as a section man is to sit in the section and sit next to whoever's playing lead and make them sound really good, and if they play sharp, you play sharp. If they drag, you drag. Like it's really like a very like selfless thing of like making them sound good and trusting their vision in the the music's interpretation. So I, I'm a big believer in that. But yeah, it's a combination of notation, mock up, and then just recording it in a specific order. So it it takes a while because of that but i think it ends up sounding really nice ah cool and i mean like so obviously with critical hits it's um it's just kind of like i'm assuming a collection of your sort of favorite favorite songs of like various games and stuff like that yeah yeah so yeah. critical hits is like uh 
video game potpourri. Uh, I mean, you could still see that there's lots of JRPGs. There's yeah. uh, what FF five, seven, nine, and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And then My Familiar has a song in there, which is a JRPG too. So, um, but yeah, that's more of a uh, uh, potpourri. And then the second record was more focused. I was, I was not that I ever do anything super cynical or like targeted like if i did i'd make a christmas record but that's like the only goal i have in life <laughs> but no in all seriousness um in the second one i was like you know maybe i should do like a an album from just one game because like you know if people were like searching like ff6 jazz or ff6 big band like that'd be an odd thing to search for but maybe or just ff6 covers they could find it um but yeah critical hits was sort of just like uh I mean, I was just sort of like making tracks. Like I started with that uh, Chrono Trigger track, Secret of the Forest, and then I made another one or two. And then I realized, oh, I have enough music to make an album. Whereas the second one was more like, I want to make an FF6 album. And uh, even originally, I was going to do nine tracks. And I was like, I can't. I just don't have it in me. I'll just do an EP. I'll do like five or six. Because uh, after like five of them in like four months, I was like, okay, I, I don't got anything left in me to do more. <laughs> So what was the um, reasoning with picking Final Fantasy VI and then also, like, with the six tracks you did do, is there sort of, like, were they kind of your f- six favourite pieces from, from the game or is that more, like, six that you think would work while as big band rather than being sort of your favourites? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I have to like the tune. Unless I'm getting paid... Um, I want to write music that I like and I like all the tunes I picked but yeah part of it's like I've sort of like in my mind developed these like ridiculous like criteria for what what seems the most smoothly translate to big band and I think it's some combination of like I think the melody has to be pretty pretty strong and stable like Celis's theme is a great example the melody is so complete and simple and I think it's not it can be it's not like super like um rigid in the sense of like it's tied to some specific orchestration or like context so i can put it in another context but you still hear it as celis's theme i think also like a lot of video game music is really famous for having like really sweeping like very like you know stuff like that (laughs) you know like big arpeggios or whatever and so like that stuff doesn't translate well or like big like crazy ostinatos but you know like stuff like that like just doesn't work as well with big band and you can kind of make it work but it's hard so it's yeah like strong melodies stuff that doesn't have like super specific orchestration so i can not be uh you know slave to that um but yeah that's basically it and then i just sort of like in my mind i'm like okay it's mog's theme but it's x and then i try to like figure out what makes the most sense so like okay it's mog's theme Okay, Mog dances in the game. What if I made it like a hip hop shovel? Okay, and I start hearing it like, okay, this will work. I can do this. And then like from those parameters, from those restrictions, I can get creative and sort of like write the tune. But I really try to figure that out first. Actually, my friend Russell Torres, he says he does that too. And he'll actually kind of like pick like a specific, not only like a style, but he'll pick like a specific tune. Like, uh, like this is, um, you know. Uh, the pyramid theme from or the Egypt theme from Plants and Zombies 2 but it's in the style of Snarky Puppies uh, Chauvin or something like that and so like that's like a really great way to start and like get like setting those limitations I think are really important to helping you be creative I'm not a YOLO kind of I mean I am a YOLO I'm fast and sloppy but I, I need to like hammer in limitations immediately or else I won't write anything Is there is there any um like songs that you did for either of those albums where you you know set out to do it and you just couldn't couldn't make it work as a, a big band one mm-hmm. yeah so um i wanted to do an arrangement of the velt theme in ff6 which is the music that plays in the velt when you're finding gal for the first time and there was a specific duke ellington piece called pyramid and i wanted to write velt in the style of pyramid and i just couldn't get it working i think in my head i kind of heard it and uh, I think if I worked on it enough, I could make it work. But uh, I just I couldn't get it I couldn't get it clicking. And, and part of that is just because honestly, in my uh, knowledge of big band, I feel like 
the, the, the music of Duke Ellington is one of my blind spots. I'm not as strong at it, but I did like pull out the score of Pyramid was like going through the voicings and like listening to it and trying to figure out like what are the elements of this that make it what it is and how can I kind of reconstruct it for belt and in my mind it worked and maybe it still would work but I just couldn't get it working and I kind of gave up so (laughs) maybe on the follow-up album cool so you obviously um kind of like talked about a bit about yeah a bit about your your works and various projects and stuff so in terms of yourself what's um like what do you kind of listen to on a day-to-day basis any sort of like bands artists that have been big influences on you yeah i mean outside of video game music i i love jazz obviously i'm a huge fan of big band jazz um uh i guess i could i mean i just name like so i love the count basie orchestra dad jones maria schneider bill holman all the modern i try to if I know like a, like someone in today is making an album, because I know how hard and expensive it is, I always buy it and I always listen to it. So it's just so many to name. My friend Drew Zarimba is a great arranger out in Colorado, has a great big band record. Um, yeah, I, just, I love big band jazz. Uh, as far as like uh, non-jazz, I really love like uh, I love R&B and uh, funk and uh, stuff from the '70s. So Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, Chicago, I was huge into. I still am. That was maybe one of my biggest influences musically was the band Chicago, um, Tower of Power. Um, yeah. So, and I love like, uh, I mean, you know, being born in 1987, I love all the bands in the 90s. Like, I love Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Even, you know, I um, always love all the grunge and alternative stuff. So, yeah, I would say mostly though, what I listen to is a lot of big band jazz because I've sort of like gone head first into the niche like this is what i like to do this is what i want to do so i like owe it to myself to listen to as much as possible because i really feel like as a composer as a player too the best way to get better is just to like listen to music all the time yeah but you know i always say this like think to myself like if you were someone who just like listened to vgm like you would benefit from listening to non-vgm and now like hearing that advice out loud i would probably apply to me like maybe i would be more better served not just listening to just jazz all the time (laughs) finding like something completely different because i think there's artistry in most if not all music that you can you can take from like i was mentioning like the numetry thing was so out of my wheelhouse but i grew a lot as a musician so yeah you've encouraged me (laughs) to like listen to some non-big band jazz ah cool spice girls no that's actually in all seriousness spice girls are pretty pretty rule yeah i mean i was like i grew up in still live in england but like i was around for the you know the whole sort of spy skills mania and all that and you listen to their first album i think the one that's just called spice someone's probably going to correct me they got it wrong and it's like that still slaps it's just such catchy infectious oh, yeah. pop music it's like oh this is so good i mean so good. there's a this is going off on a very weird tangent but there's a collection of nightclubs and in, in um England, but it might be other places called Pop World, and they basically just play like lots of pop music. But when Spice Girls comes off, you've it goes on. You never see a place go as crazy as when that happens. It's just like just madness. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing as well. It's like <clears throat> you never. I'm guessing from your perspective, you never know when you're gonna get a project that's gonna require you to do something different, or or you know, especially JRPGs. They have like a a general like the sound for the whole game is fairly cohesive but then you you know there's some areas or some battles that lend themselves to different different styles so it's like being able to do more and like kind of learning about what makes that sort of genre of music tick yeah that's a great observation yeah that is actually one thing i do love about jrpgs too is that they feel like pretty stylistically diverse like Nobuo Uematsu, I feel like, is such a student of music as far as, like, you could tell he's listened to a lot of different things. Because, like, in FF7, you'll go from, like, prog rock boss theme and then step into the overworld to this, like, sweeping orchestral presentation of the main theme. And that's always loved. It's, it's kind of funny you mention that because one of the projects I'm working on, which I can't talk too specifically about, but it's it's another Japanese-style RPG. And when I come into it, I'm like, okay, Japanese star, but you got it. And I'm like in my like my my blinders, and he's like, no, it's 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 Celtic. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Like, 
okay and then i was like okay now i need to like figure this stuff out i'm like doing a lot of listening to that what's the instrumentation and like getting okay i need to find a fiddle player i'm i got a guy who's playing penny whistle so like uh it's it keeps you it keeps it fun for you and um i was like wrote the i remember the first iteration of the battle theme i wrote i just kind of wrote a jrpg battle theme he's like you know this is good but it sounds like a jrpg i'm like yeah it's jerry's like but i want it to be like celtic i'm like wow how does how does that work that doesn't make sense and then i had to think about it and figure out how to make it work and it's been uh really fun nice i mean that you said you can't really mention too much about that one at the minute yeah um well i, I can't really talk about it unfortunately just because of uh you know the what uh the developer requested of me but uh yeah basically all i can say is that it's uh Celt- i always want to say celtic celtic <laughs> style i mean celtic i mean i'm not like claiming to capture authentic celtic music you know it's everything's a fusion right yeah because it's still it's still a jrpg so i'm trying to sneak in that sneak in some mitsuda here and there nice. uh but uh so yeah that's a lot of fun but um and it's funny because like in all the three Japanese style games i work on now quartet my familiar in this other game they're all quite different which keeps like my familiar is more um like 90s uh lo-fi uh, acid jazz american cultural pastiche uh, insanity <laughs> <laughs> and quartet's just more like a straight jrpg like you would hear like like if mitsuda did like a, a, a playstation one art jrpg or something so yeah. it just keeps it fun so we'll go uh, we'll go into a, a section i call quickfire questions which is just <laughs> basically simple questions hopefully first answer that comes into your head so what is your favorite video game of all time uh final fantasy 7 excellent choice i mean it's it's always like since i played it when i was we'll just say young and (laughs) it's yeah it's probably one of the games that i tell people like if you want if you want to get into jrpgs play this one it's your best standing point best starting point and it's just it was the game that got everyone in the jrpgs yeah. like people don't understand like when that game came out it wasn't niche to play jrpg like every, I mean, everyone played ff7 like i wasn't i was around when the earlier ffs and dragon quest came in but i was not aware of them when ff7 came out i became aware of those games because that was my starting point and then i went back and was like oh wow i missed all these cool games yeah it was like the game <laughs> it's crazy it's definitely yeah i mean i'm just waiting to see when they finally get around to doing the whole of it remade not oh, just sure. the first bit but yeah <laughs> yeah right and then it's the second question your favorite musical artist band composer of all time i'm gonna go at chicago like 1970s chicago so that whole decade is my favorite. Nice. I mean, I was expecting a. I mean, they kind of got little bits, but I was expecting a jazz one. But yeah, they're kind of jazzy. In yeah, places. yeah, that's true. And then your favorite game soundtrack. Oh man, I'm gonna sound like such a basic bitch, but honestly, I think Chrono Trigger is one of the best. I know I love Chrono Cross, and I think most people would say Chrono Cross, but I really think Chrono Trigger is like it's so good. And I, every time I re-listen to it, I learn, I like find something new to love about it. And if I want to go with a meme pick, I'm gonna go at Pilot Wing '64. Oh, nice! Game is killing. <laughs> <laughs> game has a killing soundtrack. Don't you don't like expect it either? Like if you haven't played Pilot Wings before, like the SNES one or the N64, and you're just kind of like, ah. I'm sure it's like, no, where did this come from? This is there's no need for oh, a, a basically a stunt playing game to have such a amazing soundtrack. <laughs> oh, I love that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, I, I I'm pretty sure I moan about this all the time. And whenever someone mentions Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, actually, but like they were never well, originally they were never released in Europe. Chrono Trigger mm. has been now, and I only started playing it, so I've not actually played it. I've listened to the soundtrack lots, but um, I've started playing it at the beginning of this year. But I'm playing it on the DS, 
<laughs> and it's a bit like I always find it weird having the audio up on, on a handheld console. It's like, oh, but I really yeah. want to appreciate this amazing soundtrack in like, you know, to to support what it's made. So yeah, if you see a see me playing it in public with the volume up, that's that's the reason why. Guessing you could get earphones, that would be a, a logical thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then Chrono, Chrono Cross. I was. Um, I don't know if that's ever been released in any form in Europe. I've, I've, Is that right? I mean, oh I don't God. know if it's been like one of the ones where you can download it. You know, and they started having PS One games on the PSP and like PS Three and stuff like that. I mean, I've I've actually imported it. <laughs> so, so I've got all my PS One games, and then I've just got this one random American one because it's the only one that I've not been able to get but yeah that'll, that'll be played eventually when with the many other games that I've got to play but yeah I digress and um, we'll go on to the next next of the quick fire questions so your favourite film and or TV soundtrack oh okay I'm just I'm just gonna go what my guy told me I'm gonna say Blues Brothers nice ugh what a film that was uh, <laughs> when I saw that movie I, I feel like I'm being so hyperbolic, but I really am being sincere. When I saw that movie in high school, I thought to myself, I got to start a band with horns. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I had a lot of, like, moments like that. But, like, that's what I got to do. Like, seeing FF6, uh, hearing Chicago, you know, playing FF7, watching the Blues Brothers. <laughs> I, I kid you not, when I saw that movie, I go, I got to do that. That's great. It's, I mean, it's one of those films that everyone needs to watch. And, I mean... It's actually you when when you watch a lot of films from that sort of era, some of them haven't aged well <laughs> for various <laughs> things, and that one's actually like you know, it's got some brilliant bits that's still like perfectly relevant today. I, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just just trying to think. It's like, can I spoil a film that's however many years old? But I don't know. Ah, I, I, I feel I feel that some of the scenes are just worth watching for the first time. But yeah, I mean, my yeah, my mom and dad are massive fans of the like the blues brothers films and for for several times pretty much any sort of event like new year's eve they would book a blues brothers tribute act which sounds great but it was just just two dudes dressed in suits kind of singing the songs like there wasn't any there wasn't like the band or anything which would right. have been really cool but yeah so just just having such like a growing up with that like round and stuff so much growing up is very cool and it's definitely uh, definitely a film people should watch if they haven't Absolutely. already gotta watch it yes. so good and then finally of the quick fire questions your favorite individual piece or song from a game soundtrack oh wow hmm let's see let me just name it let me just like rabbit fire a few off the top of my head i'm gonna say this is kind of a random one, but I, Eternal Wind from FF3 is really good. Um, Battle on the Big Bridge, FF5. I remember when I heard that one, that got me so hype. And actually thinking back to it, it has so many elements in the... It's it's crazy. Like You hear all these sounds as a kid, and you love how they sound, but when you don't understand how to recreate them. That was kind of my journey. Is like I heard this music, I couldn't get it in my fingers, and then like learning like what it was later in jazz school... Like that progression is like flat six, flat seven, one, and it has all those like sharp nine chords planting. So like learning that later was like, oh yes, I can write Battle on the Big Bridge now. Like those are like <laughs> big breakthrough moments. Yeah, maybe Battle on the Big Bridge because fun story about that. And this is rapid fire, but I, I talk too much. But no, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Any time. <laughs> I was in middle school. <laughs> when I was in middle school, we could challenge. You could do what was called like challenge for chairs. So like, you know, I was like second or there was another guy who was like me and him are always like first and second chair. And so I was second chair and I went online. I found the MIDI of battle on the big bridge. And I, from the MIDI, like printed out the sheet music of the trumpet line. And I used that as my challenge against him <laughs> for first chair. And that damn bastard sight read it uh, and like still beat me. <laughs> I wow. was like, so ready to go. But I love that song. And I remember when I moved to Texas in eighth grade, I had to play a little bit for the band director at the end of summer just so he could place me in a band and I played that for him and uh, I don't remember if I played it well but I always loved that dude it's got I'll such like that. that little uh, 
oh, I could never do it. With the yeah. bit. It's just like, oh, that's just, now, now I've heard you do that, and that's going to be stuck in my head now. That's oh, one of the greatest, greatest songs he wrote, in my yeah. opinion. That's straight up slaps. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so I mean, we kind of covered like your your origins, and I mean we've already touched a little bit um, about games you've got coming up. Uh, so like work works that you've got games coming up in the future. You mentioned My Familiar, which you kind of said was like a nineties style. I, I, I mean, I've I don't think there's any videos that I could see, but like obviously the art style and just the general gist of the game is um, looks a bit a bit out there. You, you play as, is, is, are all the characters ducks I, or most of them or is just a bit uh, uh, no so yeah they're, they're all familiars okay. so like they're all like magical um, creatures like the main character Whoop is this kind of like this weird dog bird. I don't even know what he is but they're all like these weird like like if you remember the show like Ah Real Monsters it's yeah. kind of like that vibe too I will say this about my familiar I was actually um recently playing because we're about to go to magfest in january and have a booth for that game that one in quartet and i was playing the demo just to check on the music implementation and just and whatever i just wanted to get feedback to the developer team and as i was playing i was thinking like man this game is i'm not just saying it's like this is like so unlike anything i played it's so bold and so wild and so stylistically in your face people were either gonna love it or hate it yeah. there's no in between you can't feel like mid about it um so um yeah i think people are gonna really like that one i and in the hour-long demo there were like 18 pieces of music it was insane wow. it was like so dense that's cool so what sort of like um so i mean that's kind of like looks as is stylistically like kind of 90s what sort of like is the musical influences kind of style wise for that yeah, so that's like really like, uh, like 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 kind of nineties acid jazz, like lo-fi hip hop, ska, and there's like a lot of like cultural pastiches. Like in the first major city, you can like go to these different, like you go to like this um, um, this like fifties doo wop diner, and when you go in, the music like do 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 do, it's like a fifties doo wop thing with like a tenor saxophone growling, and then there's like a like a like a like a like a latin american pastiche so there's like this like quasi like bad santana knockoff and then there's like a jazz club and and there's like diegetic music of a guy playing trumpet it's like weird and out there but yeah mostly like 90s kind of funky jazz i reach back to like some some james brown here and there it's like if james brown was made in 1993 (laughs) using mostly sampled lo-fi drums and some live saxophones and trumpets (laughs) I mean that's a very specific but cool sounding sounding vibe. So I'm you know, excited to to play that. I mean, what's the sort of um, is there a scheduled release date for that, or is it? Yeah. Um. So there should be a public demo soon. I mean, we're we're, we're like trying to get this demo ready for Magfest in January, and it's pretty much done. We're just polishing a few things. After that, I'm not sure. Um. It's been a bit, it's been an expensive game to make because the art is so high quality, and um, so I, I think there may be a Kickstarter coming in the next year or so. But I'm hoping um, in a year or two this game could be out. I mean, definitely this public demo will be out for people to try, and I'm I'm really really excited to see people play it and see what they think about it. Um, so yeah, I'm just uh, hopeful that people like it and uh, you know get something out of it because I've had a blast writing the music for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like just just from the description and the, like the looks it looks as you said like not like anything especially i mean when i looked at the screenshots it's like oh it's a it looks like a beat em up but then it's it's mm-hmm. not like obviously it's an rpg and it's like oh, i've never really seen that sort of art style or aesthetic for a, for an rpg so it's definitely something a bit different um i mean the other other game you mentioned uh quartet so that's kind of more a traditional style like 16-bit jrpg I mean, these these all work in um, these and Shadows of Adam were all the all the same developer, aren't they? Right. Yeah. So something classic is the development team that I'm a, I'm a founder of. Um, but yeah, Quartet is just sort of more traditional. Um. Yeah, it's sort of like uh something like a FF6 meets uh 
Octopath Traveler kind of game. So yeah. it's a little more down the middle as far as stylistic presentation. But I th- I hope that people enjoy it because it has kind of a nonlinear cha- chapter structure. So you get to play four chapters in any order you wish oh, cool. before the chap for all the characters sort of come together. Um, so it's kind of like Live Alive or like a Wild Arms three in that respect. But that music's a lot of fun too because it's heavily thematic. It's um, and like all JRPGs, the music's quite diverse. But it's not like in your face saxophone solos on every tune, like my familiar is. Like, it's yeah. like I was saying, my familiar demo is like every track has like burning saxophone solos and like trumpet solos. Like, this is incredible. Like, I love it. I hope other people do. But I could see someone being like, what's with all the saxophones? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely, uh, definitely feel everything needs, we need more saxophone solos. So, oh, yeah. Definitely uh, do that. And then with Quartet, is that the same sort of thing? time-wise for a release or is that going to be sooner i think quartet would be sooner than my familiar um so we kickstarted it last year and uh we're almost done with a new demo which is about it, it comprises of two of the four chapters done and uh we've commissioned all the artwork i've almost written the entire soundtrack so at this point it's like it looks like if there's a chance this could be done at the end of next year with that being said game development takes a long time and all <laughs> all four of us on the team are dads in our 30s so we just our time is limited and really the only big roadblock now that we have kickstarter funding and we've gotten all the art is just time yeah there's a lot uh if we if like somehow some like sugar daddy could drop a c- couple million on me so i could like me and my wife didn't have to work and we could have <laughs> full-time childcare, then this game would get done a lot faster yeah i mean that'll be uh, an advert out there if any anyone's listening then that's a good place to put your money <laughs> so i mean obviously you mentioned as well the other game you're working on that you can't really mention too much about with that quartet and my familiar is there anything else like project wise you've got coming up or anything else outside of video games that you're working on um yeah i mean my biggest project is just uh being a dad and having a toddler and doing with all that which is <laughs> exciting and fun and tiring <laughs> um and i'm a full-time graduate student at uh george mason university in fairfax virginia and uh yeah that's basically my life uh go to school teach a little bit write music from home be a dad play gigs on go out and play gigs and travel my wife's a freelance musician so we wear a lot of hats and the, the hardest hat to wear is probably being a parent <laughs> And that has uh, really changed my relationship with music. And, you know, I remember thinking, man, I have, so, I have so little free time, man. Like, oh, brother, you have no idea. I don't know <laughs> if you're a parent or you have any aspirations to do that in your life. And if you don't, that's great. But if you do, uh, it's crazy. It's like the the wildest time, time sink, the most worthwhile time sink of your life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like I've, I've always heard, like, my friends have had, like, I've, I've not a parent myself but like my friends and family that have had kids it's like you always think like oh yeah i've got uh you know it'll be fine i'll still have time to do this and then like you know six months a year after having it's like no no massively underestimated how much time children children take up yeah it's like the old joke there was a bit by this comedian it was something like oh did you hear about that new show we will never watch it (laughs) You saw that new restaurant open up? We will never go there. Like someone the other day said, well, hey, where do you go out to eat? Do you like, what do you do for fun? Like, dude, I don't go out to eat. Do you think yeah. I get out of my house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only get out of my house if like someone's paying me. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, um, in terms of like yourself and the projects you're working on, what's the best way to keep up to date with, with things? Is that your Twitter or? Yeah. Um, yeah, Twitter. I think let me um, let me just double check. I think it's at Mir underscore Tyler, or just look up Tyler Mir M I R E, and you'll find me. Um, that's pretty much the only social media I'm really active on. I'm not really on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I, I use Discord a lot. So if you're interested in finding out more about the games I work on, uh, something classic. Actually, it's pretty easy to remember. It's just uh, Discord.gg/slash something classic. 
cool. join our Discord. Actually, it's a great community for composers and other artists. There's lots of developers in the Discord, and a lot of a lot of projects get started from people just hanging out in the Discord. So if like you're thinking like, hey, how do I get work or how do I meet other developers? Like that's a great place to meet. I've been able to get other composers work from there that I couldn't do or maybe thought someone else was better suited for. And um, it's a really cool community. So I, if anyone's interested in what we do and want to just hang out something classic or a uh, discord.gg slash something classic try it out <laughs> i'll put the link to that and your um twitter in the episode description as well if people wanted to follow it through cool. from Thanks. there so yeah i mean that's kind of came to the end of the questions i had for yourself tyler i'm not sure if there's anything you'd like to add or talk about at all oh i think i've said plenty of words <laughs> <laughs> it's all been good it's all been good it's all been really uh, really interesting i mean like jazz as a genre of music especially the sort of like the technical side of it is not something i'm that familiar with so it's always you know from my perspective really interesting and exciting to listen to it from there because it's kind of like a whole other world from me so it's like yeah really cool yeah yeah jazz is great <laughs> <laughs> it is just pour my brain trying to understand it at times and it's like ah, oh, i don't know what's going on that's like me in like side chain compression or like drum and bass <laughs> i'm just like how do you what i, I don't understand <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing it's like there's different there's so much different music that it's hard to you know that old i can't think of the expression now that really familiar one about being a master of stuff and not everything oh god what is the expression Oh, uh, Jack of all trades, that's, master of none. That's the one. Yeah, I don't know why I can <laughs> remember that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's the thing. It's like, especially with wanting to do specific things, it's almost always you have to be like massively attuned to it rather than being able to do everything a little bit okay. But yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there of nonsense, which <laughs> is that. But yeah, I mean, I really appreciate um, your time, Tyler, and thank you very much for coming on really enjoyed chatting and yeah best of luck with the upcoming games best of luck with other projects and obviously best of luck with the family as well yeah thank you anthony this was a lot of fun and i'd once again like to thank tyler for taking the time out of his schedule to chat to myself as always beats and bleeps will have a new episode next thursday which is available wherever you get your podcasts i'd also like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast and i hope you have a lovely day